0: Hi, and you are very welcome back to the Final Whistle Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie with me Brett early. And once again, Aaron Clark joins me to dissect all of last weekend's action, put a couple of teasers to some of the stars of the league and take a little look forward to next week's action. Aaron, you're very welcome to the show again, as always.
1: Looking forward, looking forward to looking forward to another good evening. I don't even know why I keep welcoming you back to the
0: show because you're here every week now. It's great. It's great to have you on, on the show. Um, we have a great show lined up today. We're going to be talking to Myrna Devaney of Athlone Town on her sophomore season in the league. And uh, she's really gone from strength to strength over the last year or so. Made a really big impression on the league. We'll be talking to her about all things Athlone very, very shortly. We'll also hear from uh, the new kid on the block down in Fairycarry Park. And that is, of course, their goalkeeper, Maeve Williams, she joined us, she made a bit of a breakthrough last season, she's really made that number one jersey her own this year, we're going to hear all about it later on in the show. But Aaron, we got to start at the weekend, all the results of the games, some absolute crackers, but uh, I think there's really only one place we can start last weekend, and that of course is at that big, big game between Shells and p What
1: happened? Abbey Larkin happened pretty much. What was it? 11, last eleven minutes, she scored a hat trick after coming off the bench. P defense imploded. Probably the best way to the, to describe it. Um, to just let Abby just let Abby run riot. In terms of the the opening goal penalty from Jess Stapleton, bit of a contentious one. Is it a penalty? Is it a free out? My my guess is probably a free out, but. You know, yeah, she- I did. I
0: did go a little bit nuts, I'm not going to lie. On, on Twitter on, on Saturday afternoon, I we've been talking about referee decisions the week before, and we watch all the games every week. I, I dip in and out of them, I, I kind of jump around between them. And I was watching the Shells P's game, and it looked to me as if, um, I can't remember what player was specifically had her had her foot up for the challenge and knocked the ball off off the Pima arm, but I just thought it was a high foot. I played it back, and I'm like going. Her head, the ball, and the foot are virtually in the exact same position before it comes off the foot onto the arm. And I just thought, I think there's a case for a free out there. And, and as I looked, I just got frustrated watching it. The referee, and I thought it wasn't great. They they did pull it back later when maybe they could have gone another way uh, with the last goal for Abby Larkin. But at that point, the game was done. And as I jumped around the rest of the games to the even, we're going to talk about referee in a bit, I just felt there was a couple of really, really, really poor. Decisions made, and I just noticed that jumping from game to game, I didn't study any of them overly. Um, yeah, we'll talk about refereeing again. Let's talk about the instant Jesse Stapleton steps up, slats the penalty away, and and really, they never really looked like getting back into the game, Piemont, in my opinion. What are your
1: thoughts? No, they didn't, and that's that's the sort of thing about them when you look at Anya Gorman was missing as well. Um I think she was I think she was ill. So that for that's it. for them it's a massive loss considering she's a top scorer. They brought in they brought in young Michelle Dillon up top. Didn't really have the success she would have she would have wanted. And once you go one 0 down, yeah, they started of chasing the game and they've struggled this season when they're chasing games. That's when teams seem to get the better of them when, when they go go a goal down. When they go a goal up early on, they're good, they're able to do it, but they, they just didn't seem like they could. You know to get back into when 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 Shell strung, strung the bench. You sort of talk. You sort of talk. You know it's only going to go one way as soon as Abby scores a second, and then they pile on the they pile on the misery to to P Considering when the sides met roughly around this time last year, there's a nine goal swing because P won the game five nil. When when that stayed, and I think for P it's another it's another disappointing result. I think on Noel's point of view. He'd be just happy to walk out of PRL Park to taking a 1-0 win all day long and just said, let's go on to the, on to the next one. Yeah, three points I, in the bag. Abby Larkin, though, uh, we've talked about her a bit on the show. She's been impressive
0: in in the little bits we've seen of her this season. But that cameo on Saturday, uh, with the quality of opposition she was up against, like Piedmont are, regardless of the, league, the current league position, they are one of the best sides in the league and have been over the last decade. Um, To pop up with a hat-trick in that 10-11-minute or span... She's got to be happy with that in terms of an impact in
1: the league. First, senior Hattrick hat-trick as well in the, in the National League, for someone so young, you know, she's been tipped for, for high teams. We see people talking high about her. Your only concern is there's been times where she's maybe dipped out at games when Nola started, but any time she seems to brought her off the bench, she seems to have a massive impact. You look at DLR Waves in, in Tolga Park, where she come on at halftime, the game is, game is in the melting pot and she turns it completely and they run away with a comfortable win seems to have a better impact coming off the bench at the moment. And I think for herself, she'll she she she'd need to find that little bit of consistency when she gets to start. With the likes of Jess and Zou gone, Saoirse gone, there's opportunities for her. You know? yeah. So she's going to get an awful lot more limelight now. Plus, I like let's to not look... With, let's not put too much pressure on her. She's no, still absolutely, a very young let, player. I was going to say, I like the look of Gemma Quinn up top. She's come in from non-league football last year. Physical, strong... Scored scored a uh, hat against Treaty, and I think for me, I'd like to see her get a bit of a run in that Shelbourne team up top. I think can offer them something completely different to maybe what they didn't have, and it'll be it'll be an interesting one to see if he plays her again against that loan. Haven't starts two games now, haven't started her, but for Shelbourne with the players they've lost, they'll be just they'll be they'll be content with the weekend for sure. In terms of the the league title, Shell's winning. Uh,
0: we talked very quickly with DLR and, and Wexford dropping points. Is it a done deal now? Have Shells
1: wrapped up the title in your opinion? The problem is, Braphney, we said this before the break when they went so far ahead and then they, then they come up against Wex, and all of a sudden they drop points and it's it's back to five. For me, the big hurdle the, the, the big hurdle this weekend. If they get over Athlone this weekend, the team here are in second place put a bit more distance between themselves, then you'd have to say, Yeah, probably one hand, probably one hand on the title. But with the players they've gone, they've lost real quality. So they are going to drop points and I think for them it's going to be a case of how do they minimise and make sure they drop as, as least amount of points as possible when they have that bad performance because there's no doubt they're going to have a patch maybe where they where they drop a couple of games but for them it's just going to be a case of can they build a gap big enough so that when it, it does happen but I'd say probably one hand on it nearly
0: Well we'll hear about that game with Mer and Devaney in her chat later on uh, She of course was in action in the showgrounds last week just down the road from home but in the away dressing room with Athlone Town, they left it late. Sligo looked like they might take all three points when they opened the score, and after eight minutes through Gemma McGuinness put a, a goal for Athlone on the 20-minute mark, uh, put them tick sides back level, and it was late in the game in the last five minutes when they absolutely sealed it. Julian Keenan popped up with that winner, all three points for Athlone, puts them back into second place. Um, Sligo have been really, really impressive uh, winning those tight games and making games that probably on form shouldn't be tight, Making Marisas really, really hard to score against
1: and therefore to beat. A pearler finish from Gemma McGuinness. Not gonna lie, when I seen, yeah. it, I was like, "What have you just done?" Lovely curl into the corner. From their point of view, you know they take the lead and then they squander it so soon to Madison Madison Gibson. And then when Gillian Keenan scores later on, you're probably thinking, "Oh no, it's, it's Shelbourne all over again." Late goals conceded to lose points. I think Steve Feeney be, be extremely disappointed the fact that they didn't get something out of the game. I think from an home point of view, it's job done. It's another away trip ticked off the box, away from home. The form has been brilliant. I think Gillian Keenan scoring, she's probably been somebody who when she moved from treaty that a lot of things a lot of things are expected of her. We haven't heard her name as much. And the reason we haven't heard her name as much this season is because of what Emily Corbett's been doing up top. But smashing young footballer and you know, grabbing the winner for her, for, for her side will do, do the world a good for her confidence. And it's somebody's it's somebody's name who we are going to hear an awful lot in the second half of the season as as plan look to try and solidify that top three finish.
0: I have to say, though, the taste of humble pie has been pretty sweet this week, or bittersweet, should I say, this week. I, I kind of wrote off slide at the start of the season. I, I genuinely did. And I think uh, in isolation, just purely in results, they've impressed me this year. But I think when you consider where they were on, on Saturday last week, First choice goalkeeper, Kristen Sapples, but out long term with an injury. Uh, Amy Mahan, unavailable. She's made the team of the week across the league at least once, if not twice, this year. She's been super impressive uh, so far. Their third choice goalkeeper, possibly even fourth choice goalkeeper, uh, played her Women's National League debut, Farrah McDonough, uh, to come in as that far down the roster and keep a team who are a number of places ahead of you level until that stage of the game, I have to say she deserves all the credit in the world. And I think it shows the strength that Sligo have built in that squad because they've brought those players through and they've really developed them over the last few years through the underage system and, and hats off to them. It's it's a, it's great to see them. Uh, I know I was involved in Sligo in the past, but I think it's it's great to see those girls coming through and, and really actually making an impact and, and proving that they're good enough to be at that level and to to develop and become good enough to stay at that level over the next few years and months. Um, Other games, of course, that we mentioned, DLR, Wexford, both drop points, 0-0 draw. Two of my favourite goalkeepers in the league at the moment, we're going to hear from one of them later on the show, Maeve Williams. Eve Badana um, has impressed me for for a couple of seasons now in the league. Um, Obviously, she's won an international cap maybe 8-10 years ago now, but back in international team. It really, for me, was a battle of two goalkeepers, but then I would say that being a, a... Former paid
1: up member of the goalkeepers union, yeah. But the thing, the thing is, though, Bradford, it was, and you got to say that you know, there was some, some very good saves. And I think, from a dealer's point of view, that's three draws and a bounce in them. First, for someone who's looking to get a little bit of consistency and looking to seeking to push up, that's that's not probably what they would have wanted. On the other side, we're extra back to back, back to back draws. And I think for either side, the result probably isn't what, what they would have wanted, both would have wanted three points, but just on your point about Yip and Dana, like there's a reason why Yip and Dana is in that international squad. And we've seen it time after time and what she's doing. And as we'll hear about from, from Maeve, Maeve later, like Maeve has that sort of ambition as well. And I think the goalkeeping in the, in the women's national league is this year. There's been some good, good individual displays at times from some, some very good young goalkeepers as well. And I think that's, that's something worth recognizing, you know, you look even the likes of Rachel Kelly at Bowes as well. And, that's, that's what we have. To, it's exciting to look forward from. And, and then from a, from a DLR point of view, a home a home game, they've struggled quite a bit at home. They haven't necessarily got the results they would have wanted at home. I think they've only had one standout win at home, and that's the win against Shelburne. But then again, they, they they didn't back it up a couple of days later. And every time you see them at home, you sort of think, you look back to the p game, should have had it then, should have had it wrapped up. Shouldn't have conceded late on, struggled to score and struggle to score against Bowes. I don't know if it's a case that the Bowl just maybe this season hasn't been their, their lucky charm because it's not somewhere where they've they've got regular results. And I think Graham would be disappointed from that, from a Stephen Quinn point of view, with with the way things were going with with the other game and, and the other game that in, in the evening with Premont and Shelburne he would have known nothing, nothing short of a win was was good enough and Athlone overtook them because of the fact that Athlone got the win earlier in the day and I think they'll be a little bit disappointed coming back down the road that they only come away with one point.
0: Yeah, of course, Chloe Derby, Rebecca Cook and Aoife Robinson on target for Bowes as they manage a 3-0 home win against Treaty United. Uh, I had a bit of a suspicion that maybe the second goal offside, you've had a look at it since, um, it probably wouldn't have affected the game. In, in the grand scheme, Bowes were stronger than Treaty on the day, but... Um it might have just killed off the game at that half hour to go stage when maybe Treaty could have got a chance, maybe created something national Meaning was very busy for them, a couple of other impressive players as well with Treaty on the day. But those kind of refereeing decisions, those 50-50s that go in the way of uh, I suppose
1: the dominant team or the home team, it's tough to take when you're battling away away from home. Yeah, it, it is. I had a look at it and I think for me it's it's a bit it's it's hard to see just because of the way the camera is, but I think if we if we take it away, we can't take away from Rachel Loyal making a debut to pass the two newbies, Nev Pryor with the with the ball into Rachel Loyal and Doyle with the pass into into Rebecca Cook, who's slots at home well. And you know, you look. Know, I think Aoife Robinson's goal is probably the picking them the third of them, yeah. but Chloe Darby also scores a a, sma- a smashing goal. I think from a from a 3 point of view, yeah. If that if, if that goal is disallowed for offside and it's one nil late on, may give them a little bit of hope, but. You know, I think for for them, it's 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 really tough. The to like, you're right. The likes of Ashley I meaning when when they have players who are working hard, they're just not getting the breaks or they're not getting a bit of luck. It can be a, it can be a bit deflating. And I think the the best thing is I listened to an interview with Donna Redman last week where you know Donna's remaining positive, and that's the most important thing is that he's remaining positive and he can he's trying to encourage the girls that he's seeing things in training and stuff like that. And I think that's from a treaty point of view it is really really important because it's so easy for them just to get deflated, demoralized. The only result they picked up this season is the, the draw with Sligo. So, you know, it's 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 a hard one for them. They haven't got a lot to play for, but they've got a lot of young kids, and a lot of these kids are going to learn an awful lot from from this season. Maybe they're in a position where Atlone were a couple of years ago, where Athlona were getting battled out of the gate by by most teams, and then, you know, we've seen what they've come on, come on to do. Do I think Treaty have the players to do what athlone have done? Probably not, but... They'll definitely learn an awful lot from from these games this season, and I think once they if they can stay united for for the remainder of the season, hopefully they'll be able to grow on it. But it's been a tough season for them. I think for Paul, the fact that they've got three wins and three wins in the bounce as well is is massive for them. They haven't done that in the in the national league either, so that's sort of setting that little bit bit of form for them with a difficult fixture this weekend.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, looking at the last game of the weekend, last weekend, um, Galway. We talked about Shell scoring three in the last eleven minutes. Well, it was the first ten or so minutes of the, of the game. Galway blew three, or not, yeah, Galway blew Cork away in those first ten minutes. Training up after eight minutes, and um, no, only one winner from that point on. A couple of girls getting their first strikes for uh, Galway. Bryce Reynolds, another I question the offside decision on. I think Chloe Singleton got a touch. I think Bryce was offside. Referee didn't give the free out, awarded the goal. And effectively, that was the second goal after six minutes, and it was just the end of the game. Kieran McNamara had opened the scoring after two minutes. Jamie Erickson won on eight minutes. And then uh, Lindsay McKee got two late on after Laura Shine had pulled one back early in the second half. Lindsay McKee, of course, uh, what's notable about those two particular goals for you, Aaron? Little tri- I know you like a good trivia question. That's just it on the spot now. it's just, it's just Lindsay la- well, you've actually just put it exactly on the on the point Lindsay McKee, her first two goals of the season she becomes the third player to have scored in every single season of the Women's National League by virtue of those two strikes so congratulations to her, I know it won't mean a whole pile, it's a three point It's the win it's getting back up in touch with those teams in the top half of the table and, and i will be quite happy with that but uh, from that point of view, Cork they did pull one back but Again, I saw. I, I turned this game off after about fifteen minutes. Watched the highlights later on because it was it was game over. It wasn't a contest once the first three goals went in. I I thought I'm surprised it was only five based on the first ten minutes. If that makes sense, do
1: you know what you you sort, it sort of had me thinking straight back to the to the previous week in the FAI Cup when I was I was at the the Bowls and of Galway game and I'm yeah checking your phone and you're seeing P Mountaine, a little bath after ten minutes against Findlay, you know, and then you think more and more and more and I was starting. Of I don't want to see this to be in a cricket score, and it could have it could have easily been it could have easily got away from you know from Cork a lot more than it than it did, and I think from Danny Murphy you'd be extremely disappointed with the fact that they 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 ship so many so early on. They would have had a game plan and they would have had something. But I do think you're right in terms of the the, the second the second goal potentially it is it is offside, but it's it's one of them that it, it's only when you see the replay back that from from the angle that's. That you you realise, yeah. it's it's the problem. The problem. The problem here is is that like it, that was was it, go, it was also close yeah. to goal It was also close to goal
0: as well. It's so hard to tell.
1: I didn't mention
0: actually earlier. Madison Gibson got her first goal. It uh, was the first goal for Athlone the other day. We better give her her credit. Welcome to the league, Madison. Not a bad way to get your debut. Uh, setting up the, the equalizer, scoring the equalizer, and setting up the win for Athlone on Saturday afternoon. I'm sure it won't be your last in the league in terms of I suppose the big talking point for me anyway these coming out of the weekend we've touched on it a few times those offside decisions and for me uh, encapsulated by the decision in injury time it's nil-nil in the bowl DLR Wexford and there's been a couple of decisions either way you take them whatever the ball's played forward and Katie Malone in her own half with clearly a player goal side either one of those things more than enough to keep her onside and 40 yards she runs down the pitch after the ball and when she gets to it one-on-one uh, to, beat, to beat the one player to get to one-on-one with the keeper um, the ref pulls it back for offside and to make matters worse the, Maeve Williams takes the goal kick from the edge of the box or the free kick from the edge of the box like so if the foul was back where it was supposed to have happened the free should have been from the halfway line not from the edge of the box it was just Just the inconsistency. And I think nobody minds a bad referee as long as they're consistently bad. But you need to be equally bad for both teams, if you know what I mean. But there needs to be a level of consistency. We see bad refereeing um, anecdotes, to be fair, in the League of Ireland. I take them all with a pinch of salt because they've come from a team that feel they've been wronged. But when we see it so regularly in the Women's National League, is there a problem? Is there a shortage of referees? Is there... Um, how are these referees appointed? Is it down to local officials? Are they all hometown appointees? Because no. we hear, we hear this, this criticism from time to time, and I, I don't want to be too harsh on, on referees. So Obviously, I'll
1: give you I'll give you an example. Um, just I'm going to use the Sligo game for an example. Sean Stevenson was the uh, I think it's Sean Stevenson was the was the fourth official. So. Sean, I think it's or is it Stephen? Apologies if I got his name wrong, but I had a look at it. He's 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 refereed games in the National League in Dublin. So as far as I know, it's a national. It's because there's been times where we've had League of Ireland referees. So I assume it is a National League, a National League panel that gets set there. I do have a criticism on on referee appointments, and it's something that's that's annoys me. And it's annoyed me for the last couple of years is I would like to see the FAI come out and start releasing the referee officials on a Thursday evening or a Wednesday evening. Same way when they send out the, the, the League of Ireland, First Division and Premier Division, email by email, to they send them out. I would like to see the Women's National League ones being included on it. Because then you know who it is. There's times where you're going chasing who's the referee today, just to see you. And the problem is, is some referees, it's not as much now, but it, it was more in the, in the previous couple of years. Like some referees, you know, they get a bit of, Bit of a hump with players when players constantly talk about them and stuff like that. It's not as much now with the fact that some of these players have either grown up or gone off or done things, so that they're not in the league anymore. So, but in terms of appointments, it's some, some of its decisions are just are just shocking at times. So I think yeah. we look back at the the more you look back at the Galway penalty last week, um, the more you look at it, the more I say, absolutely no way, it's not a penalty. Then you look at that, and I think we got to give credit, refer, uh, credit to the referee in p Mount the Shelburne game. Because we look at the the goal, the, I think it's the fourth goal where they claim they're claiming, oh, 100%. Off, they're yeah. claiming oh. offside, and they they see it perfectly that Karen Duggan steps up and just allows Abby right in behind. And you know when when they do do things right, one hundred percent.
0: In real time, I could fully understand the referee getting that wrong and giving a free kick because she's about five six yards behind the last player when the ball gets to her, when she kind of when the referee turns their attention to to where Abby is. I could, I could 100% understand giving it. The referee's got it spot on, um, and she was well on-site. She was five, six yards on-site, and so credit where it's due. I'm not saying they're bad all the time, but we just need to be – the ups need to be less up and the downs need to be less down, if that makes a sense. It just needs to be a, a more consistent yeah. performance. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, let's move on. Let's catch up with at Lone Town's Miranda Vanny. Myself and Aaron sat down with her earlier today to have a chat with her about how her season – has been gone. Murn Devaney of Athlone Town, you're very welcome back to the show.
2: Thanks, thanks for having me.
0: One of those rare players we have on the show more than once so far. I'm sure that will change in the future, but welcome to the the two timer club here. Although we're not accusing you of anything, but uh, you haven't two timed us anyway. But you're back with us. But listen, it's been a fantastic season for Athlone. Um, it's been really good to watch their progress this season. Of course, you've been pivotal to that, along with likes of Emily Corbett, and, and plenty of others, K- Kelsey Monroe, of course, who uh, also would have come through the ranks at Sligo, um, albeit not with you, but now you're playing together at the same time. What has the season been like from your point of view? Kind of getting into that stride and really challenged now at the top end of the table.
2: Yeah, look, it's uh, it's been really good. Um, I suppose last year was uh, very difficult. You know, we were getting hammered in matches I suppose you could say and look it's a big change this year we're competing with the best teams and I think you know some of the best teams would even fear playing us so that was our main aim at the at the very start to take points off the big teams and look we've only done it against P-Mount but I think we're making good progress and you know uh, we're going in the right direction so it's it's good, the mood is good in the, in the camp too and look the girls are playing together and we're playing well so big game on Saturday so hopefully we can, we can keep up the the good performances.
1: What's changed? Like no disrespect to the Athlone squad, but it's not like you've gone and signed a brand new squad. So many players played there last year when you were being beaten by teams. So what's changed this year?
2: I suppose um, not a huge pile has changed, I suppose, you know. Um, you're not you're not gonna be the best team in the league when when you're only starting off and Athlone are only in the this is the third season now, so we were never going to be the best team the first year or the second year and we're finding our stride now, I suppose, like the likes of Wexford and Shelburne and Pmount they've been there a while. They've been they've been there a long time, I suppose, and they've they've had their team together a while. So look, this is our third year with more or less the exact same players. So we're getting used to each other. We're training every week together and look, we're finding our bond now and we're we're playing well together. So I suppose it's just the the matter of, you know, sticking together and working
3: hard.
0: Looking at the squad, I suppose, this year, the one big difference I've noticed, I've noticed looking in from, from the outside at least, is that the, kind of the, the rise of Emily Corbett and being able to f- find the back of the net on a regular basis is something that maybe Athlone missed. I know you had the likes of Caitlin Kio over the last season or two, but you see people playing on the wing a lot, maybe not quite as much of a finisher as she would have been in the underage leagues. But Emily coming in and finding form and being able to find the back of the net regularly must kind of give that uh, solid base that Athlone have always been based on that little finishing power at the top end to kind of turn games from nil nils to one nil wins
2: yeah definitely I suppose if, if you're not scoring goals the chance of you winning games are, are very slight and uh, we didn't score enough goals in the previous seasons and look we've got Emily up top now along with Gillian and Roshan as well and on occasions so uh, Emily's well able to to score goals and I think she showed that you're, you're not one of the top goal scorers in the league for no reason she's uh she's one of the best uh, strikers in the National League and I think anybody would agree with that So, but
1: well, like even on in terms of your scoring goals like you, you look at Emily scored superb goals but you're the second best in terms of defensive only Shelburne have conceded less goals as well from you which is massive because you've seen the last couple of years the likes of Bose, yourselves Cork at times Treaty conceding buckets loads of goals but to be the second least goals conceded in the league it must be a, a it's a big achievement
2: yeah, it is. And look, it's, it's again, it's something we, we set out at the start of the year to do, uh, concede less goals. And we had a lot of heavy beatings last year. And that was our main aim was to to bring them down. Um, look, some people might say we don't play nice football or it's not the prettiest, but I don't think too many can, can complain at the moment because why would you change something that's working? Um, I think Tommy has a good strategy there. And he, he makes us work hard and not too many teams come tackling and go away with a, a, an easy victory. So, look, that's our, that's our main uh, goal as a team, that we go out every time and uh, we work together. And, look, no, no, no team gets as easy against us. So, you know, we put in the tackles. We'd like to commit to everything. And I think it's working for us at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think people do like to see a nice game. But as you, as you said, it's a results business. And it's all about the results at the end of the day when you play in senior competitions. So the league table doesn't lie. Uh, from your own point of view, Maren, I suppose, obviously I've had the pleasure of watching you kind of develop through the, the Gaelic football as well in County Leitrim here where we're both based. But um, you seem to have stepped away from the county football this year to concentrate on, on soccer probably because you had a bit of a, some small thing called the leaving search, not, not that big a deal in most people's lives, but um, how do you manage to keep it all going, and, and did that choice to maybe not get as involved as you were in previous years with the, the County Leitrim setup has that helped your football and your studies?
2: Yeah, look, it was definitely a, a, a very tough decision, um, you know, I made it quite early in the year, because you, can, you can't make halves yourselves, and look, um I, you have to give the leaving cert a good go too. You know, look, that's the rest of your life that you're you're looking towards. And you know, I wanted to give soccer a good go now. The the under nineteens were finished, so uh, the Irish team, the under nineteen. So, you know, your next aim is the the senior team and you don't get called into that just um easily or you know, by on off performances you gotta be performing week in, week out. So, you know, I thought I was gonna have to just give it all to, to one sport this year. Uh, so I chose Athlone, you know, we, we wanted to go make strides. So I decided that was the, the best decision for this year to focus on the leaving search and, you know, focus on my soccer as well. So it was a tough decision, but look, I, I have no regrets and
3: I was happy with the decision.
1: Do you have a little bit of a, maybe when you talk about under, under-19s football, do you have a little bit of a regret? Maybe you just didn't capitalise on what what happened in Limerick last year with the, with the crowds and the performances you put in. You just didn't get the results that probably led to a tougher group where you could have potentially made the European Championships if we had a won that group last October.
2: Yeah, look, we, we, we could have messed it up a bit on ourselves. Like um all three games were there for the taking and unfortunately we didn't get to rub the green. Um it was a great occasion though. And the games were unbelievable to play in the crowds were class and, you know, it was an unbelievable experience. Um uh, but un- unfortunately it didn't it didn't go our way and we we ended up facing france in the qualifiers which was always going to be a very difficult task and unfortunately we couldn't get over it
0: in terms of obviously your own situation legal are done now what's next where are you planning on heading what's the does the future hold for you how's that going to impact um your current role at all or is it
2: I suppose we'll not know till the 2nd of September when the results are out, I guess. And, you know, I, I've made no decisions yet. We'll, we'll see what the, the results bring. And, um, look, I'd love the opportunity to, to get away from home and experience life away from Leitrim a wee, a wee bit further or in a bigger city or that. And, you know, if if that's close to Athlone, you'd never know. I could be staying there or it could be a bit further afield. Who knows?
1: Sure Braffley, she's travelling from Leitrim to Athlone as it is. So it's not really a big... <laughs>
0: I just heard her say a bigger a bigger city because Manor Hamilton is obviously a city in, in North Leeds from there, just on that road between the two other metropolises of Sligo and Fermanagh, and Eskillen is just there in the middle of those two things. Uh, Myrna, in terms of, I suppose, um, the, the, what's the rest of the season, you've just come out of a nice win in the, the first round of the FAI Cup. You played against a junior side, Whitehall Rangers, uh, a strange venue. I know it's a bit of a weird approach to the to the field up there in, in North Dublin but um, very comfortable 7 win n- a nil win in the end leaves you two games from the Aviva um, Talis Stadium the, the, the league's sorry, apologies Talis Stadium I better get that right uh, the what I want to ask about really is I suppose the league looks to be headed towards shells given the way the results have gone in the last few um, weeks and I think Nobody in one would have been anticipated been involved in a league title race, but second place is there, I suppose, really to challenge for over the, the closing stages of the season. But you're looking at the maybe the draw for the the next round of the cup, and you're looking at maybe two games from that final appearance. Would, is that a target for you? Have you spoken about that internally in the club?
2: Um yeah, definitely. It was it was again, it was another goal at the start of the season that uh, we wanted a, a good cup run, and look at if you were to say we were going to be second in the table at the very start, we would have taken it, it no problem. And yeah, it probably is Shelburne's now to lose at this stage. They're not uh, nine points ahead of everybody else for no reason. They're the best team in the league, and, and that's just it. But you know, we'll keep fighting. We have them on Saturday. If we could take three points off them, you know. It it could become become a bit more of a a race, and you know we'd play them again later in the year, and you know it everything's still there for the taking. You know it, it's not one it's not one till it's won, and then the the cup again. Okay, we we have Cork first. We're we're not looking past that. Like, uh we only scraped a one 0 win against Cork there recently. Um, they're improving every game too, so. You know, we're we're not looking any, any way past Cork. If we get past Cork, happy days, and we will look on then. But, um, it's it's all eyes on Cork first.
1: You talk about Shelburne. You, you've you've huffed and puffed against them. It's been late goals here, late goals there. Same with Wexford. That sort of caused you where caused you defeats where you've been so close. How much do you take out confidence? You take from that run where you went on earlier in the season where. You'd won the six on the bounce and you were you you were really competitive even in the, the game that ended the run against Wexford where you, you lost two ones with down in Ferry car How much do you take out of all that?
2: Yeah, look, you you definitely take great confidence from it, but um it it was it we want to start taking points off the likes of Wexford now and Shelburne. We've done it against P mount and you know it it really lifted the the spirit around that loan and you know we got another boost of confidence but then we lose again to Wexford and we we have lost to Wexford now for the last three years and we've never scored against Shelburne. So, you know, yes, we're beating the likes of Treaty, Sligo, um, DLR, but, you know, we want to beat Wexford and Shelburne and the likes of those teams. Um, they're the best teams in the league and, you know, we want to be the best team in the league, so we got to beat them. So um, hopefully, hopefully Saturday will, will, will tell the tale.
1: I just want to follow up with something here quickly. Your defeats this season, majority have come at home. Away from home, you've been brilliant. You've had some great results. You P- I think if you asked anybody about the P result, everybody would have said, was it not alone? But away from home, you, you sort of seem to go onto that team bus and just have no fear wherever he's going now.
2: Yeah, I suppose well I suppose if you'd asked me, I would have said we had a, we, we we play better when we're at home, but um I suppose we lost to uh, Wexford and Shelburne in the first two or three games at home. And um, there were very poor performances. Um, you know, we kind of let ourselves down. But then we picked ourselves up again and uh, we've got some good results. So, you know, we're playing them now on the streak that we're going well. Um, so hopefully it, hopefully we can get get after it on Saturday.
0: You might just explain the dynamic, Mourne, to people who might not be familiar with it, in terms of how you end up at clubs that you're at. Because obviously you went to Athlone at a time when you need to be playing senior football to progress your international prospects. Sligo didn't have a team. You came out of their underage ranks. Then they, they bring a team in. And, and in women's sports, more so than men's, people tend to stay in teams and not necessarily go straight back. Money is less of a factor as well because nobody's really getting paid anything over, maybe a little bit of mileage expenses, which at the price of diesel now or petrol now is probably not even covering the cost. So what's the, the, the main dynamic involved in in deciding where you're going to play from one one season to the next. Is it about the group of girls you're playing with? Is it about the level that they're, they're playing at? Is it about the coaching staff, the facilities? What's the major factors in, in how you make that decision? And I suppose, I, I'm not trying to make you kind of tell us where you're going to be next year in terms of whether it's at Lone or elsewhere, but um, you're looking at other options. What are the main factors that come into your head?
2: Um... Well, I suppose it's, it, You speak to the manager and you see see what see what they bring and um see why they want you or what they can offer you. Um, I spoke to Tommy after two years ago about coming into the loan team and you know he he just sold it to me just leaps and bounds like it just sounded it sounded brilliant and um I have absolutely no regrets going to Atlone. Um, it's very enjoyable. Tommy's understanding. He's and he's he's a very good manager. Um, by all accounts and. You know, it's just it's kind of just where you prefer to go like some people would have said, you know, the Shelburne's, the P-Mounts, they stand out. You got to get to a better team, but you know, you got to be ensuring you're playing week in, week out and you know, I thought at loan would be um would be a good place for me to start off. Uh, I didn't want to make too big of a jump to too big of a team where you'd be sitting on the bench every week. So, uh no, it's it's been working well. I'm playing every week, so um if I can keep that up, I, I'll be happy for another while.
1: Is that Uh mould starting to break in terms of everybody having to go to Shelburne and Piemann? Because we're seeing more and more players going to different clubs around the country now.
0: Well, Ashley Meany, just to to add to that, Ashley Meany told us a couple of weeks ago why she ended up at Treaty, because she just wanted to play every week and be guaranteed to get her game. and, And that's why she went there rather than maybe back to her traditional home of Galway women's
2: yeah I think, like every girl' I tell you that there, there's no enjoyment from sitting on the bench every week and you know even if you're playing with a lesser team and you're playing it it's it's better than um being on the sidelines, so you know you enjoy it when you're playing and and that's the main thing.
0: You mentioned about leaving uh, home and getting a chance to maybe fly the nest a little bit in the next few months when, when college does uh, come on the cards for you. But, of course, I bumped into you at the weekend at a, a Gaelic football game where you are out supporting. You played in the morning with the local team, Glencar Manor, of course, county champions the last two years. You look to be in the squad again this year. Um, are you fully in with that? Because there seems to be a great bunch of girls there that you all seem to enjoy playing.
2: Yeah, there is definitely, and and again, as I said at the start, I um I didn't do the county this year. You know, soccer is my my main goal, and you know, getting on a good cup run with Athlone is is the main priority now for the near future. Um, I'll obviously st- be playing with Glencar Manor whenever I can, or when there's a break uh, in the season at weekends and stuff, but. You know, I, I'm with Athlone now and uh, we're, 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 we're aiming big. So, you know, you got to give a main priority to something and at the moment that's Athlone. So I will commit myself to Glencairn Manor too and any day I can help them out or I can, I'm can i available to play, I'll play. But at the moment, um, the, the good cup run and finishing the league on a high is, is my main my main goal.
1: You just mentioned the Gaelic football trend there. Can I ask about Tommy? Because you have players who are playing Gaelic football with other inter-county as well. Talking about you know how good it is to have a manager who has an understanding that players are are dual athletes as well, because others you see with sports that others, other clubs that sort of told it's one or the other.
2: Yeah, um, I I can't praise Tommy enough. Um, from since I joined that he's definitely one of the most understanding managers I've ever played with, and you know I don't think there's too many of them in the national league. But you know I think I think it's paying off in in his favor. Like the girls have huge respect for him and. If you tell Tommy you have a Gaelic match on whatever day or that he'd work round it too of of course you have to respect him and and his team and what he's trying to do, but we do, and that's I think that's why we're we're progressing as well as we are. you know the Gaelic brings a bit of physicality to the team, a bit of you know that hard work and never die attitude and I think it's shown when we go onto the field uh we've a lot of Gaelic players in the team um and I think we're such a, a tight knit group because Tommy is so understanding and you, you can tell him anything and you know he'll work around it or he'll, he'll definitely he'll definitely try his best with it
0: speaking of um i suppose your relative geographically closest to slide where you got the opportunity to play in the showgrounds in the senior wnl game for the first time last weekend you left it late but you did come away with all three points That late winner um thoughts on the game
2: well, credit where it's due to Sligo. Um, they they put on a, a good before a great performance, and you know the atmosphere that they bring around. It's definitely one of the best. It's the best place in the national league to play. Um, credit to them. Um, it's very enjoyable going out there onto the best pitch in the national league. I think. Um, but yeah, left it very late, but uh, had most of the possession. I thought and, um, played relatively well. Um, not sure if Tommy would agree, but. Um, yeah, well, left late, but uh, uh, all three points is is what we got, so we're happy with that.
0: There's a few people around the slide are taking hold of those compliments. Going, she hasn't burnt any bridges <laughs> down here just yet. Uh, it might be a few years before they see you back, but maybe in the future you'll be in that bit of red. Uh, in terms of everything else, we're in this weekend, of course, big game, cup games to follow as well. What's the plan for the rest of the season?
2: Um, obviously we look towards Saturday, and you know, um. We we respect Shelburne and give them all the respect they deserve. As I said, they're not nine points dear for for no reason. Um, they are currently the best team in the league, and um, you know they deserve to be where they are. But uh, I'd say nobody gives us a flying chance on Saturday, and hopefully we can prove a few people wrong we've nothing to lose um and we're we're looking to get at it and then yeah exact a, a top a top 3 finish is what our main aim is take points off Wexford and Shelburne at some stage hopefully and a good cup run look at if we got to the Tailte는데요 stadium you know i think i think it'd be a pretty good year for Atlantown. town but you know we look to each game as they come
0: well, listen on that note, Myrne. We let you go. But thanks so much for joining us, for giving us a few minutes of your time this afternoon, and the very best of luck on sa- Saturday. And you never know, bigger shocks have happened this season. Maybe hold, on,
1: hold on. Is it a shock, though? Is it no, not, any, not my, I don't not think, my think it is anymore.
0: That's the thing. I don't think it is anymore. I would a big shock to you, Myr, if you were to beat Shells at the weekend, more importantly?
2: No, definitely wouldn't beat anybody in Athlone, but, you know, the outsiders, I don't know if they're rooting for us or rooting against us at this stage, but Hopefully, ourselves, we'll get the
0: result.
1: I think you've yeah. earned the respect this year. Yeah, I think so.
0: And I think, I think everybody is kind of, everyone who's not Shelburne is praying that a result happens that maybe just makes the league a little bit more competitive. And if it's yourselves that benefit, so be it. But I think you'll have a lot of neutrals or a lot of girls, other teams watching on kind of hoping that you can at least make a point or maybe all three off shells uh, at the weekend just to keep the league title a little bit more interesting as the season progresses. Meryl, thanks very much for joining us. Best luck Saturday against Shells and for the rest of the season. You never know, we might see it in Tallis Stadium come Cup (laughs) final day. We'll keep our fingers and toes crossed you. Thanks, Meryl. Thank you. Meryl Devaney, one of the up-and-coming stars of the league. We're going to see lots more from her over the coming years. I, I, can, I can see her being around the league for a long, long time. Aaron, I, I've seen a lot of her growing up uh, from under 13, under 14 in, in Leitrim playing Gaelic football and soccer, dominating games, eight, two or three age groups ahead of her. Um, she's been someone that we around here have been very aware of coming up through the ranks. Uh, from your point of view, how much have you seen of her? What do you think of her in terms of her performances this year and last
1: no, no disrespect intended to Athlone, but like there was times last year where you're thinking, "How has one of the top clubs not snapped her up?" You know, I know from talking to the likes. I thought of second Cook, in the league. I thought, I'm I thought about league. I thought about last season when you know, and you're looking at the likes of Shauna Cook talking about her, and she's just like by like getting battered in the game against Shelburne, and she's still standing out by playing passes and doing this sort of thing, and you're starting to think to yourself, you know, this is a smashing young talent, and I think. This year, she's probably taken another leap on from where she was last year. And I think the, the, the question you got to ask is how far, how many gears is there in Maren? Because there's no doubt about it. She's got the talent. She's got the, the work ethic. And as she said in the interview with us, you know, she committed to the to the soccer this year coming away from the, the ladies' football because of the leaving cert. And like, there's no doubt that's, that's been Athlone's massive benefit this year. They've taken full advantage of her. And she's really playing superb.
0: Absolutely. I think her physicality is 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 everywhere it needs to be. Um I think when when it all comes together for her, I think the potential to be a, a really solid international standard player in the future is there for her. Um she's not that far off it. I, I and I don't want to be critical because I really admire everything she's done, but but there's the technical the technical ability when that
1: touch comes in hundred percent. And it's nearly there. I think we're going to see some really, really fantastic. I'm going games. to ask you a trivia question now, since you remember okay. me earlier. So I don't know the answer to this. For I'm hoping you will. <laughs> so <laughs> a- that's not trivia. Yeah, that's just going to show you. So oh, apart oh, from okay. apart from apart from Dave Leburn, is there any has there any been any other senior internationals from Leeds? Tri- Define senior. Does the World Student Games count? If so, so- say, we, say we say full international.
0: Uh, full international, no. There has not been any other full internationals. But interestingly enough, we do, as a county, I'm going to go my little p- leap from pride bit here. Uh, we do actually uh, punch well above our weight in ter- terms of international representation. In one year this year, I think, uh, I going to say 1920, we had four players from the county. Born, raised, grew up, played, started their football careers and played most of their careers in the county and uh, represent Ireland. Uh, at underage level and senior level, Durville Burnham won an international cap. Alva Cancy went to the World University Games. Niall Moran went to the under 19 European Championships. And Myron Devanny was player of the tournament at the Bob Docherty Cup. So that's not a bad innings for a population as small as us. We have two adult football teams in the county, not clubs, teams in the county. And um, so we're, we're quite small, but we definitely punch above our weight. Internationals per starting 11 in the county. We, we do okay. We're going to take a credit on that one. So Mern is very much part of that success story over the last few years. But anyway, I digress. The Leitra hat comes off. WNL hat back on. We did also catch up with uh, with another member of the up-and-coming grouping in the Women's National League. And that, of course, is the new netminder. Well, we call her new. Uh, she We did substitute earlier. We know she, gives, she criticizes her for being old. She's just turned 20. She's one of the bright new talents in the league. Maeve Williams, Wexford Youths. We had a chat with her. A little while ago. Maeve Williams of Wexford joins us now. Maeve, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. It has been a a strange kind of season for the teams in and around that top of the table. But uh, I suppose for you, it's very different in terms of you've kind of broken into the side and you held your place. And it's been really, really positive for you so far this year. From from an outsider looking in, at least, how has it been for you the last uh, 15 or 16 games?
3: um i suppose on a personal note um great i'm i'm really enjoying um the, the the game time i'm getting and the the opportunity i have to go and play every weekend um i suppose on a team note we're we're just how we we've, we've gotten on and we, we we know we could be doing better um but you say 15 16 games but there's still just as many to go so i think we're, we're definitely have our eyes set on looking forward and, and so do i personally so
1: you had to wait a long time as well for opportunities to, to get a big consistency. But the biggest thing is you've taken that chance this year and I'm sort of shined really well with six, six clean sheets. You know, you've had some, some great saves, some great moments for Wexford as well this year. Um, yeah, well, I suppose, look, I, I'm kind of there to do a job and I'm,
3: I'm glad that for the time I've been in, for the most part, I've, I've been able to, to do it well. Um, I hope anyway. So, um, yeah, look, I am I suppose I'm I'm happy with how things are going. Um and I think uh I've I've kind of settled into the team since I came in. Um definitely I felt took me a couple of games um I suppose to come into the eleven and and to get used to and, and I suppose build my own my own personality on on the pitch um and get used to, to being in, in such a competitive environment on on a Saturday evening. But um no yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it.
0: You talk about the competition for places, and of course, yourself and uh, and Keith Gray have had a really good contest there. I suppose you've been putting the pressure on her for a few years. Start of the season, Claudia Keeney comes in to the underage setup. She's an underage international. What was your thoughts coming into the season? Did you know where you lay in the pecking order, and and is it worked out how you expected, or maybe was there a fear that maybe the second position, even at the start of the season, might not be there for you?
3: Um, yeah, I suppose I didn't know what to expect. Um... I had a great chat with with Steve uh, at the start of the year um, about kind of all of us being on a clean slate and going into preseason and I suppose just just working towards the new season and forgetting about what's happened before. Um, so I had a lot of I suppose I was concentrating on myself and how I got on in preseason and in, in preseason games. Um, look, Dolly's like Dolly's a great keeper and has bags of experience on me, so I was well aware that I had a, had to buy my time um, to get into the eleven and um that I, I was confident it would come but I, at the same time I you know I, I was well aware I had to buy my time um with Claudia coming in then um to be honest I was excited I, like Claudia's a brilliant keeper I've seen her play a couple of times um before she signed um I, I really enjoyed training with her last like I suppose how long has it been six months at this stage um great person to train with great goalkeeper um doing really well for our 19 side um Really enjoyed having her like beside me on the bench um, this year and in the squad. Um, I'd say we have a good goalkeeper union going in, in Westford, like so. We all kind of drive each other on, and no, it's it's. Um, I suppose, I, I, like I said, I don't know what to expect um, coming into the season. Um, but look, I, I like I suppose this worked out well for me, um, and yeah, we're we're happy with what we have.
1: In the last year or so was it frustrating at times because you know, looked as you may have got a chance last year, then it didn't sort of materialise. Was there ever a bit of frustration settling in, having to, you know, settle for playing with the 19s and sitting on the bench for the first team? Um, Yeah, definitely. I suppose for myself, like, I I, I like to be
3: ambitious and, and, you know, work towards uh, my own goals. And obviously a goal of mine has always been to to break into the starting 11 um, with the first team. And it's frustrating, look, when it's, when when I haven't got it yet. Um, but like I said, Dolly's a, like a fantastic keeper. And I was well aware that you know I had a bit of work to do um to get in there and then not only just to get in there, but to keep my place in there when I got there. Um so yeah, look, just suppose I had to buy me time.
0: Um yeah. Tell us a bit about the club itself, I suppose uh, your young player coming through the system and and kind of uh, getting to grips with the women's national league. A little bit taste of it last year. You've Really established yourself as the as the first choice keeper this season. Um how has it been for you? What's your experience been of the club and the setup and and I suppose the, the way things work down in Ferry-Carrick Park?
3: Yeah, um I came into Iceford when I was 15 um to start training with the first team. Um Tom Elms pulled me in. Um straight away like my first impression. I was blown away um by just the quality of play and um, the professionalism of the whole club and how it works. Uh, I went from school guard football and playing Gaynor Cup into this senior environment that was just so immersive. And it was like, when I joined Wexford, it was like a part-time job. It was just, this, this was it now. I, we were, I was in with the big girls um, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Still am. Um, and then I suppose, yeah, I played the first season of the under 17 league. Um, just had game time after game time. Um, absolutely loved it. I was training with the two different squads, I had loads of involvement in both. Um, yeah, it was great. Played 17s, went on to 19s. Um, 19s, same thing. It's great to have just, I had so many games as well as having exposure in training with the senior team. Um, and then I suppose this year, I, I chose not to to stay inside in the 19 squad um, on that overage rule. Um, I wanted to concentrate on the first team and um, and thankfully it paid off for me. But um, the environment in Westfield is is just fantastic. It's it's a real, real close knit group between the seventeens and nineteens and the the first team. And um, yeah, there's a real there's a real family feeling in the club. Um, and it's great. I've loved it ever since I came in.
1: You can see how much the senior players, the likes of your Adele Kennedy's, your Coily Murphy's, Nicholas Sinnett, how how instrumental they are in creating that culture within the within the group.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, like the three of name there are just absolute legends at the club. you know, like, I look up to them so much, and I play beside them every week. Um, Kylie's a fantastic captain, you don't look <laughs> up to Nicholas, Silly. You're for <laughs> <laughs> no, I do, trust me, I do, I do. Um, she looks down on me. <laughs> um, no, uh, like, Kylie's a fantastic captain, Nicholas, an unbelievable leader, and like Adele is an absolute workhorse. And the tree, even just said, like, fantastic examples, um, for younger players coming in. And the likes of that as well, we like, you know, we, we've, we've very senior players there who are well established but so not not quite as experienced as the three girls um but are still setting standards as well and um i suppose the first team is just like a, a great kind of bit of exposure for the for the younger girls coming up um to to what it, it takes to be such a successful women's league player
0: yeah, in terms of I suppose uh, what the whole club is about and stuff, we saw that so well at the end of last season. Um, very little to play for other than a bit of pride on the last game of the season. You went to shells and you really put it up to them, almost cost of the title in the end of the day. Like um, it's it's such a I know Aaron, you wanted to you had a question you want to ask about this, but but I, before we got to the specific game, like what what do you bring to a game like that at the end of the season when you know there's nothing in it for you, but there's everything for your opponent. Um, I
3: suppose there, there's there, like you said, there's a bit of pride to play for there. Um, it's a game where you kind of go into uh, there, there's not a lot, there's not a lot to be won for ourselves. Um, but it's it's kind of I suppose that ethos much for the use of, of hard work and and a desire and passion and where, like you know it, it's 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 important that you play for the girl beside you and the girl on your right and the girl on the left and I suppose. We tried to carry that into that game, um, despite the fact that we had we hadn't a lot to play for. But you know, we we um, yeah, I suppose it's a tough one because you're going into the game and 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 you know the situation, but you're trying to put that um, behind you and, and and work to to I suppose play on our own um, principles and and to make it hard for Shelburne. I suppose
1: the funny thing about that night, for Anthony in particular, is the fact that they play Wexford in the a couple of weeks later. That's uh, Shelburne a couple of weeks later. So yeah. the easy opportunity would have been for them on that night to maybe just say, listen, we'll throw out a couple of a couple of youngsters. We've nothing to play for. But the uh, the character, and like, sorry, I remember talking to Kylie after the game, and she was sort of saying, no, that's not Wexford Youth. That's not what we're about. We wouldn't just go and throw out the kids and say, listen, and they'd rather make Shelburne go and win the league if they're going to win the league. But just on that night, maybe take us back to a week, 10 days beforehand. You're leading up to the game, yourself and Dolly are, you know, competing for that number one jersey, and then all of a sudden injury strikes, you lose your boat for the game. I know from speaking to people in the club, they said they may have risked one years if it had been a case that you could have still won the league, but the fact that you know you couldn't and Adele Kennedy has to go and go. Talking about the lead up to that. Yeah.
3: Um yeah it was a tough one really i like i i i had i had a torn quad at the time um dolly was injured as well um like like you said if if um if it had been a a, if i suppose a a league decider for us um it might have the personnel and going might have been a small bit different but um you know we had the cup final in mind the following week um and I couldn't pick a better player to go in the goal. Um if it wasn't me or Dolly, John, you know, we, we couldn't use um any of our nineteenth players. Um so look, Adele is it's just Adele true and true. She'll she'll do a job wherever you want her. Um and she was actually excellent on the night. So um yeah, it's just Adele.
1: I remember walking into Talca Park that night and sort of you know the way you get the murmurs from the parents, you know, the you know, the, the usual suspects, and they're sort of saying Adele Kennedy's in, in goal. I'm just like, yeah, away out of that, you're just telling me a little spew first, so I'll go up and tell the show. And then I get the teams and I'm just looking and I'm like, wow. And they was talking the the blacks they were saying like they couldn't register another goalkeeper because of the, the, the FEI, the squad list and size and stuff like that. So like it was it was a mad it was a mad night, but the thing about it is he's uh, had a late chance to equalize, which would have Eventually sent the trophy back to, to PRL Park after what was already a a mental night in, in terms of the Women's National League. What was it like, you know, watching on, watching that and watching what was happening, considering Pima were going for the title, they were leading, then you was, were sort of trailing and, and putting the pressure on the, on Shelburne, and you know the whole night about it because it was a, it was a, it was a weird and probably never be repeated again.
3: Yeah, it was a mad atmosphere all right. Um I was I was sitting up in the stand and like a, what a place to be at as well in Tonka Park on a night like that and the, the you know the the fans were there, with flares and everything and um so I was sitting up in the stand refreshing Twitter trying to see what was going on over in Greenock and um yeah, look, it was just mad. It was I suppose it, it, it eventually got to a stage in the game when we were thinking what's going to happen now and is the trophy in a taxi somewhere and <laughs> But, uh, yeah, look, it, 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 I suppose it's a mad night. but I, I felt a bit like an outsider watching it, I have to say. Um, because, I suppose, on our part, we, although we were playing on the pitch in front of me, we, we had a, a massive part to play in, in that.
0: Yeah, talk to me a little bit about that kind of side of the game, because we all see the celebrations and the photographs and videos and highlights and packages. But when you miss out on opportunities and, and nights like that, and you're, or you're on the bench or you're not even in the match day squad through selection or injury... How hard is it to deal with with that and, and the kind of the imposter syndrome when you go up to maybe collect a medal and kind of go on, like even though you've been part of the squad and you've absolutely earned it, is that little voice on, this, on your shoulder kind of going, yeah, but you didn't play in the final, so it's not your thing? Or or do you feel part of that on the night? Uh,
3: yeah, I think a, I think a part of that definitely plays in your mind. Um, for me, with that same injury, I, I ended up missing um, the under-19 Shield final um, that we won that that year. Um, I started again, and came off after four minutes um, with my torn quad. So, look, I, I, that would probably be my only ex- really experience with um with an injury that would take me out of a game like that. Um, probably my first time ever coming off injured actually. But uh, yeah, look, it's 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 definitely tough. It's bittersweet when you win the game and you're you're going up to get the medal and you're delighted, but it's a, it is bittersweet knowing that you came off the pitch ninety minutes low. Um And I suppose from from a point of view of of sitting on the bench um you know i've had experience of that last couple of years with the first team um i've up to collect silverware um after you know playing very minimum minutes in that competition um which is is tough in a way but i i have always kind of like i said i've I've always known that i'm I'm still a young goalkeeper and i have to go and buy my time and these things will come um and it's it's about kind of i suppose like, like i said spirit, we, we're a family and it's about all been in it together, so I've never, ever made feel um, by management or by teammates that, that, that I was ever any less part of it than than any player was on the pitch, you know.
1: You win the Cup last year. You see the stuff that comes out after the Cup over, um, was Tegan Lynch on, on the team sheet? Was she not on the team sheet? Tell me a bit about that sort of, you know, you've celebrated, you've won the Cup and you've got your medal and then all of a sudden this comes out. Are we going to be stripped of the cup? Are we not going to be stripped of the cup? What was that couple of days like?
3: Yeah, it was. It was actually, I suppose, when um, if you look back at, at shots of us celebrating on the pitch, and I think the only person that knew at the time that this was going to be an issue was Stephen Quinn, and you can see him on the telly, kind of in a small bit, kind of apprehensive. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I, I, and it was it was playing on everyone's minds. Um, after the game and um in fairness to shelburne uh the day after the game they released a statement um fair juice to him said uh, you know that, that that they weren't going to follow it up in any way and that I was basically congratulating us and, and saying that, that that was that and they, they weren't um they were happy to to not bring it any further um which I have to say we were we were all together actually um when Kylie read out that statement from from Shelburne and fair juice to them and we had a clap and a drink for them so uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, uh, I know, massive respect to Shells. Um, I remember the confusion pre- in the press box that night, Bethany. Yeah, Even uh, um, Alana, who would have been working for yourselves that night. And we all was like, she's not in our team. She's, we were all texting the club and the club were like, she was on it. She was on the original and then there was a change. It was just madness. And it was one of them that we're sort of thinking, oh no. Because they've done the hard work. Adele Kennedy probably scored. The goal of her life. And then you're thinking, Oh no, is this cup gonna be taken away? Because realistically the rules would have stated that there wouldn't have been a replay, it would have just been awarded Shelburne Well, I suppose the
0: situation is very similar to the first game of the season with Pimount and, and Sligo Rovers, where Piamount self-reported an issue and lost the game. And Sligo had no input into it whatsoever. So um it does kind of I suppose I'm not gonna get into the it's it's done now, but it's it's tough to see kind of that the FAI make a decision on on one case, in one way, and on a very similar case, albeit different circumstances, in a different way because the club had the opportunity. So it's just, it's slightly weird, but I, I do respect that. The Shell statement I thought at the time was sheer class. They just came out and said, this is the way we think it should be. We we're beaten fair and square. Uh, congratulations to Wexford. I thought it was just a really, really nice touch from them. Um, what I suppose, uh, over the last couple of years, you've come into the underage teams, uh, May even you've kind of, You've worked your way up. You've talked about competition uh, at Wexford. But maybe on a, on a bigger scale, competition across the league, we've seen some really good goalkeeping performances from a, a range of different quarters this year, some that we've come to expect over the last few years and some brand-new names to the league. Um, we all know who they are. We're not going to name names because I'll probably get in trouble if for forget <laughs> something. But, but um, your own ambitions in terms of where you go to from here, you're still a young keeper, a decade or more in a goalkeeper's jersey in this league, if you want it. Um, is there Ireland ambitions there? Is that something you've ever kind of been involved in? Is it on the cards for you? Is it something you'd like to see if that happens in the future? Uh,
3: yeah, definitely, hundred um, percent. I suppose it's it's definitely probably my main ambition. It's it's a it's a long term goal of mine that has been, I suppose, for for years, kind of since I came into Weisford. Um I kind of was in and around uh underage squads um when i was younger um i suppose never really i felt i i you know, i never really got in there you know really got in there and, and set my name in, in concrete there um in the underage squads um but obviously you know i realized that to go co- in to, to receive a call up or to go into an international squad that it, like it requires a, an, an immense deal of work um and just that these these call-ups aren't handed out lightly um so yeah look i i would say it's it's definitely a, a goal of mine um 100 um whether that be medium or long term but i i'm well aware that that there's a lot of work to do and that, that, that you know, those aren't handed out to anyone um and that, that yeah it's uh, look I, i'm not a uh, not expecting it tomorrow
1: <laughs> just to follow up on breveney's point though with the fact of so many good young keepers coming out of the league, that must drive you, drive you on. Because we see when the likes of Ellen pop onto the scene, how others want to, you know, get in there as well. So when when other goalkeepers starting to come through, it must drive you to even want to continue to improve and continue to to push yourself as far as you can.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I have to say the the level of goalkeeping in the league has really improved in the last few years and I've noticed it from playing other teams and watching other games that the standard of goalkeeping is just improving and improving. Um and um yeah I, yeah hundred percent I see younger keepers coming through and um have massive respect for for younger keepers and a little bit of jealousy sometimes like I see see keepers younger than me doing well and kind please, of think please don't like,
0: talk about people younger than you like uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I mean I was nearly retired <laughs> by the time you were born so no, you're no, a young but, goalkeeper, trust me you're yeah,
3: but to um, you know, you know what I mean? No, I, I like I have. Um, I'm well aware that that uh, I you know I can't ride anyone off, um, and everyone is competition. But at the same time, I have massive respect for for um, the other keepers in the league, and, and the standard is really, really improved. Um, and it's great to to play against um, you know keepers of such a high level, um, and yeah, and column competition. <laughs>
0: Yeah, in terms of the rest of the season, obviously uh, it's it's tight there for that second place position at the moment. Um, is there still a title hope, or is it really second place? What what Wexford are aiming for at the moment? Um,
3: no, I, I I wouldn't say we'd ever settle for second place. I think we, you know, we we really have that kind of never say die attitude. Um, although we, like I said before, we're, we're really really disappointed with how how the season has gone recently and kind of I suppose from the start. Um, in for Youth, we, we kind of, I suppose we like to really push on our expectations and raise standards. And um, uh, yeah, like uh, we never settle for second place. Um, I think we've made it very difficult for ourselves and we're really not happy with how things have gone. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot to go, a lot of games to be played. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that we're we're not done yet. But um, yeah, hopefully we, we'll drive on and we, we'll see how, how far we can go.
1: And in, terms, I was going to say, in terms of the cup draw as well, you've also got a you got a difficult enough draw in the cup as well, and that'll be something that Wexford do to have a, have a lot of success in in recent in recent years. they I think they're in the last decade they're probably the most successful team within within the FAI Cup and you know, that's something you'd be looking to defend and right or wrong if you can't win the league title to at least win the cup. Yeah, uh yeah,
3: definitely, one hundred percent. Um that's that's obviously something in the back of our minds. Um, we played DLR last week um, and are well aware we have to play them again in, in the quarterfinal of the Cup and then again in the league. Um, and it was such a competitive game up in the bowl um, last week that I think it was in the back of everyone's minds after the game um, that we you know, we, we weren't going to walk through to semifinals of the Cup. And not that we ever thought that beforehand now, in fairness. But, um, yeah, it, it, we, we'll, have, um, we'll have good competition there um, in terms of, in terms of defending, I suppose our title there. Um, yeah, I like. I think we 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 like to fancy ourselves in, in cup competitions, um, and uh, I hope that we can back that up. Um, so that's definitely something we'll be looking to to regain again this year.
0: Nil nil in that game, of course, last weekend against DLR. You played in the cup in a couple of weeks. Uh, another nil nil one might see penalties where, of course, goalkeepers take centre stage. Uh, what do you like on the uh, the old penalty shootouts?
3: Um, I, I I back myself now, I would. Yeah, i back myself to score one too, so if it, if it comes along, I'll, I'll oh, put my hey. name forward. Yeah, I
1: will, yeah. i put my name forward. but um, What number, would you want to go? Oh, fine. Uh, it's got to be fine,
3: right? Oh, uh, God, no. Couldn't take that pressure. give me three or four or something like that.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Just a match winner, really. that, that'll do yeah. 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 <laughs> Hopefully we get to see that, maybe even in Tallah Stadium yet this season, uh, Maeve Williams stepping up to take the match-winning penalty in the yeah. uh, cup final. It has a nice headline ring to it. Maeve, thanks so much for joining us. evening. No no. And uh, Best of luck for the rest of the season.
3: Thank you very much.
0: Uh, Maeve Williams, one of the talents that I've really enjoyed watching coming through the league this year. Uh, bright times ahead for Maeve in the goals for Wexford youths over the coming seasons. Now, of course, another round of fixtures this weekend as the league continues to pick up pace. Can shells get that one hand firmer on that league trophy that they look almost destined to win at this stage? They have two games between now and next week's show. They, of course, have a midweek game against Bohemians next Wednesday at 7.45. But before that, they host Mern D'Avani's Athlone Town on Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m., Galway, WFC, and Sligo Rovers, they'll do battle in Terryland, Hayman DC Park, whatever you want to call it yourself. I'm showing my age. Both those games at 2 p.m. on Saturday. while well, Treaty United and Piedmont and Cork City and DLR will do battle at 5 p.m. And one 6 o'clock kickoff, Wexford Youths versus Bohemians.
1: So any of those, whittle your fancy, Aaron, which one would you be tuning into yourself? I'll be, I'll be going to Shelburne and Athlone. I think it's the tie it around for the weekend for me, first versus second. Athlone have been sort of pushing and pushing to potentially get a scalp against Shelburne or, or Wexford. They haven't done done either yet, so I think they'll be looking to see how they can get on. I think this will give us a real understanding of where Shells are going to be, because Athlone are coming into this on the back of it. If Shells can pick up three points against Atlone, three points against Bowes midweek, that really sets that that standard, and it really, really does put one hand potential on that cup. So I think that's probably to get that. That's the game for me, the most, the interesting one. I think I also like, I do like to look at the the, the wax of Bowes because I just think the fact that Bowes have got a couple of additions. They played together last weekend. You look at Nate Park come off the bench and Rachel Doyle started. Plus Katie Bird has come back from injury. You may have one or two more back from injury as well. So like, if if Bowes are to get a, if Bowes are to get to really push on the second half of the season. This is the sort of game where you'd like to see them really, really be competitive. It'll tell us where they are. Wexford, from the other point of view, will just be looking to put last week last week aside. But of that of the weekend games, they're probably the ones that do really entail me. But the midweek game between Shells and Bows is the, is the most interesting moment When they played last season midweek, it was 3-2 to Shells and like I think it was a 98 or 99 minute, a little bit of contention in, in Talga Park. And I, I suspect there'll be a bit of a... A raunchy atmosphere on Wednesday evening will be a bit hostile for Shell, for Bowers, and I think the Shells will try to do that. I think the fact that they've got the Dunkondra end the the end open now for people to stand behind the goal as well. The goalkeepers won't like that either. Rachel Kelly coming back to our old club as well. May get a little bit of a bit of jeers here and there. But you know, there's some big games coming up this weekend, and I think it's 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 one where We'll see. We'll see an awful lot from sides like even even Cork City. Cork would be looking to bounce back. I'm sure they'd have targeted the the DLR Waves game. Danny Danny Murphy was happier with the Atlanta performance, but maybe not happy with the the one last weekend. So we will get a little bit of an indication as to where they are the second half of the season. But yeah, all games there'll be some. No matter what game you do decide to go to, there'll be some some cracking goals and some cracking entertainment at the at the weekend's games.
0: Any chance Rebecca Cook is going to be getting some texts off PMO players for doing them a favour next uh, in the reverse after she uh, she got some, the same from
1: Shell's players earlier in the season? She might be getting some texts from Shell where players saying you don't dare do that. <laughs> I, I definitely know
0: she's getting those text messages. Uh, final piece before I let you go. I heard on the radio today, of course, um, big news. FIFA has come out. The WSL, the league earn is in FIFA this year. You can be your favourite women's national or. Women's super league side. Uh thoughts on that? Can we expect to see the WNL sides in here in the future? Or is that no, a little bit further
1: down the road? Probably a bit further down the road. You know, the funny thing is I actually had a conversation with my little sister earlier. I was like, so it'll be interesting if you can go the career mode, if you could be a women's team manager and then swap to it. Well, how how that'll work. So I think it's 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 great that they've added them in. We'll see a couple of Irish players in as well with the WSL club. I think that's brilliant. Hopefully they'll get some some additional income from their from the revenue from from actually having their faces in the game i think it's a positive it's a positive step forward for the women's game absolutely and it gives massive more massive coverage ea is a is a massive brand you know they they've been making FIFA for so long and i think that the adding of the the women's wsl clubs and other other leagues is great we we know they've had the international teams in for the last couple of years which is which has been quite popular as well it's good to have that different variety and that different opportunity there as well but yeah i think it's good you know, I I think it's positive, and I think it's it's great for the women. It's the fact of I know I seen on social media that the likes of America and Canada have had previous years where they've maybe put a, a female player on the front cover when the international's been there. But Sam Kerr is on the on the official global cover, the Chelsea and Australia player, which is brilliant for the huge for the women's game to see a face like that being put on. I remember I remember actually being in in Kings Meadow when Sam Kerr made her WSL debut for Chelsea. Uh, Grace Maloney happened to be sent off that day against uh, against against Chelsea for Reading when she when she took Sam down for a penalty. And you could see how much the Chelsea fans adored her. And I think for anybody who goes to watch the likes of WSL football you can see how much it is. The Euros as well is given a big portrayal of the brand of the women's game. And like even for us back home the fact that T G Car announced ten ten games will be shown live on television, starting off with Sligo Rovers. They're going around the country this year where Last year everything was predominantly in Dublin. They had two games in P. two and two in, in Shelburne, and where now they're now they now spacing it out a little bit more. And I think the more coverage, the more coverage the women's games get as a, as a whole, the better, and the, the more it'll help to grow it.
0: Yeah, it looks great. Ten games, of course, to be screened live on TG Car. Uh, some fixture changes, those minor fixture changes over the course of the rest of the season. I hope that if the Sligo game, Sligo shells game, that starts the coverage is any bit as good as the first tie uh, the 1 0 late winner from uh, Kiva Keenan back a couple of weeks ago. If it's as good as that game, I think it's going to be an absolute cracking match to The one, the one,
1: that, broke, the one that broke the slugger over the slugger over his heart. Oh, hearts.
0: Absolutely. Let's quick, before we wrap up, we'll just take a quick look at the statistics of the Women's National League as it stands ahead of the weekend's games. Here is the, oh, there we go, there is the top scorers in the league so far. Uh, On your woman, of course, still leads that uh, strikers. Tally with 16 goals in her 15 appearances so far. Emily Corbett, one behind on 15, with Stephanie Roach uh, on 11, and Ella Malloy also on double figures. And then in terms of the actual league table, Shells, as you mentioned, eight points clear at the top of the table from Athlone, Wexford one point further back with Pmount and Galway make it up the top half of the table Uh, it's interesting times ahead that's all we have time for today just
1: before we just before we do go quick a quick one just for our listeners just be aware that before we we are out next week again next tuesday ireland versus finland tickets go on sale so they're gonna go quickly there's gonna be a massive demand for them so if you want them I'd advise you to buy quick buy early and and get your tickets because don't we won't have any to give away unfortunately and they will be in high demand Absolutely. Well, listen, from us, uh, from myself and
0: Aaron, once again, thank you very much for joining us. To Maeve Williams and Myrne Devaney, two up-and-coming stars in the Women's National League, Uh, thank you so much for giving us your time. And uh, obviously, as ever, we appreciate all of the guests on the show. We'll be back again. We're going to go a day later. We'll be back on Thursday next week at 8 p.m. We're trying to avoid the European Championships. We're trying to avoid Love Island. We're trying to avoid Chelsea Bowes. Uh, We're trying to bring you everything on the Women's National League. Uh, in a place where you're available to get it anyway that's us enough rubbish out of our mouths this week we'll be back with you next week again